The text for the sermon this day is taken from Luke chapter 1, which was read to you earlier. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Last Saturday, I went, down to, went up to Minneapolis with the Camp Okaboji group to catch a Twins game. And it was a less than enjoyable game because of the fact that the Twins lost first place. But actually, it was pretty enjoyable aside from that fact. But as I was on the way back, it was kind of nice and relaxed and just sit on the bus and just put on my headphones. I was told I was like a teenager, but okay. But anyways, but I was putting on headphones, just listening to music. And one song came up, and this is where I'm probably not like a teenager, I was listening to the Eagles at one point. And one of the songs of the Eagles, it was called, There's a Hole in the World Tonight. Don't let there be a hole in the world tomorrow. Anybody know that one? There's a hole in the world to... I don't... I don't I'm not going to try to hit that song. But anyways. But in the song, it talks about that there is something wrong with the world. And it's asking you to do something about it. Then, there's a, then I started thinking about it. There's a lot of songs that think talk this way. I was thinking of another one that came out probably around the same, maybe even older. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. Anybody know that song? Okay. Burt Baccarat, wasn't he the one that, or he's one of the singers at least. Or another one, I was thinking this is a more recent Garth Brooks one, but it was... It's people loving people. That is the only cure to what is evil. And the reason why these songs had struck a thought with me is because just a few weeks ago, there was an attack, a terrorist attack, during a concert in London. Most of you are familiar with this. And after it happened, a celebrity went on TV or on Twitter or whatever and said that what we need to do is just, we need to just start loving one another. And that would solve our problems. And to a certain degree, she is, was right. Ever, if all of us would just start loving each other the way that Jesus loves, the whole world, there would not be any problems in the world. The only problem with that theory is that we don't love people the way Jesus does. And because of our sinfulness, we can't. We, are, we do not even love our, our husband or wife. We don't love our children that way. We don't love our parents or our siblings. We don't love our best friends that way. There's, we fail over and over again at loving the way that Christ commands us to. We are lucky if we could do that for one second. 
Because all of our love is tainted by our own sinful nature. I'm not saying that nobody loves. It's just that we don't love anywhere near enough to solve the problems of this world. And to show how this, a way that this hits even closer to home, and I mentioned this last night, is in the last week or so, I've seen it on the internet, I've, on, or on Facebook, I've heard people comment about it at Heritage Days, and there were at least a pretty close, almost a dozen comments from people talking about, negatively talking about people of Ida Grove. About how unloving they are. How unwelcoming. Now don't, when I say that, don't worry, that's not, don't think that, oh no, they're scaring away the new pastor. He's going to leave town in a week. Don't worry, I'm, I can handle it, it's okay. But... That's an indictment, especially on our congregation. And I say that because we make, our congregation makes up close to half of the population in this town. And I will tell you that a number of the people that said this are members of our congregation. So that tells you something. Now I didn't, I didn't get any of the I didn't get a lot of the details as to what the reasons or anything like that. But it is something that you can't help but want realize that there's a moment of self-reflection. What are we doing or what are we not doing to show love to others? See, I use this to show. For one, by the way, when I say it, on one hand, I'm saying we do need to work on that. We need to be a welcoming and loving community and our church. And we think about the people that we came this week. And this, we don't have as many people as we did last week. But even still, we could, the, the climate of this community could change so quickly just by us. Because we take up so much of the community. But still, the reality is, is that it shows how fallen we are. The idea that our works can solve the problems of this world is not true. The more we work, honestly, it's the worse. It gets worse. It's like digging yourself out of a hole. You only go deeper. And so we look at this, the nativity of St. John the Baptist. To step backwards to the, store, to the start of chapter 1 of Luke. Zechariah, was, it was his turn to offer sacrifice in the temple. And he gets visited by an angel. The same angel that would later visit Mary. And this angel was told... Um, told Zechariah that his wife Elizabeth would be pregnant. Now Elizabeth was probably in her 60s. 
don't know about you, but I don't see a lot of 60-year-old women getting pregnant. So his thought was, that ain't going to happen, especially since she'd never been pregnant before. And so he did not believe. Yes, how could this be? And so he was silenced. But as he was silenced, he was told who his child was to be. That his child would be the forerunner to the Christ, to the Messiah. And so Zechariah got the most joyous news in the history of the world. And for nine months he couldn't tell anybody. And I don't mean like somebody told him to keep a secret and don't tell anybody. I mean he literally couldn't tell anybody. Now, how many of you could go nine months without speaking? How many of you for an hour during church? It's a challenge. <laughs> nine months not being able to tell this incredible news. How, many of us know what it's like to withhold great news because we did, for whatever reason, we are told to keep silent. But in this case, he literally couldn't say anything. And he couldn't type it on Facebook or Twitter and tell everybody. He could even, he could even, he could even put it into a newspaper. There's, and his writing ability was probably, I mean, it was okay. But probably nobody could, a lot of people couldn't read it if he did write it down. So he really couldn't say anything. Somehow he communicated something to Elizabeth. And well, she got pregnant, so it kind of got obvious that something happened. But he couldn't say anything. And imagine the joy it must have been when Mary came to visit Elizabeth. Mary was pregnant with Jesus. Elizabeth was pregnant with John. And John leapt in the womb of Elizabeth, leapt for joy. And Zechariah couldn't say anything. And he knew everything what was going on, but he couldn't say it. And so when that birth came, he, said, he wrote down that the name would be John. And then his mouth was opened. And he began to speak. And what he did is he burst forth into song. The words I had you read with me. The words that, if you, any, did anybody recognize those words by chance? If you've ever done the order of matins or morning prayer out of our hymnal, it is known as the Benedictus. It is one of the great liturgical canticles that sadly has gotten lost, probably largely because the tunes that get tied to the canticle are really difficult to sing. So that's probably why we don't know it. And most pastors are happy that we only have to sing it during Lent. But it is an awesome, powerful words. I mean, listen to this. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us. Jumping down, 
So in you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. See, the solution to the evil, the solution to the fact that there is a hole in the world tonight, the way to make it so that there is not a hole in the world tomorrow is by the blood of Jesus. It is by that child that is to be born a Mary, the one whom Zachariah's son is pointing to, the one who would say to him, to say of Jesus, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Which, by the way, if you notice in our glory to Chelsea's, we say that a few times. What joyous news. We can't love. We cannot. I mean, our world recognizes there's evil. We, it recognizes there's suffering. How many of you by chance went through the, the semi-source yesterday? Or, or Friday? The Creation Museum. So, okay, for those of you who didn't go... You're going to have to catch it when it comes somewhere else nearby because it was definitely worth it. But in the, there's a lot of good things in the trailer. And one of the things that I did like that it captured is if you are an evolutionist, you have a major problem in your worldview. One of the problems is, is that death is just natural. Death isn't bad. It just happens. And because it just happens, you really should not cry. The reason someone dies is because they were just weak. That's it. And by the way, that terrorist attack, the reason why that happened was that was ISIS exerting its strength over the weak. You can't call it evil. If you're an evolutionist, there is no such thing as evil. And by the way, you don't need... You shouldn't be trying to figure out the solution to the problems of the world because it's not a problem. It just happens. Rather, you shouldn't be thinking about loving. You should be thinking about how to exert power over ISIS. Because that is the evolutionary principle. Survival of the fittest. And yet, these secularists do see that there's something wrong. And they are turning to a moral answer to solve it. And they think they could keep the morality. But they can't. We can't. None of us can. See, the Diet of Augsburg, which... Anybody do the math to figure out how many years ago that was? 487, I think I tried to calculate this morning. 487 years ago. The Reformation was all fought over this discussion, this doctrine, that we cannot keep God's law. Our sinfulness is so deep. Our works are like filthy rags, except for Scripture uses much harder word, harsher words. Scripture actually talks it more like used toilet paper is our righteousness. We so desperately need the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
We need his forgiveness. That was the news that John had. That salvation unto us has come. That salvation has come by the blood of Jesus. It is given to you in the waters of baptism. It is given to you in the Lord's Supper. I mean, what you receive every single Sunday is so incredibly awesome that we should be begging and running and fleeing to it as often as we can. Because we fail over and over again and we need God's gifts over and over again. We need His Supper. At the beginning of the service, you heard me talk about the Lord's Supper. How people will choose to go into another denomination to please their spouse. And I know I might be speaking to some that have done that. I realize that. The problem with doing that is you've already exalted your spouse above God. And said, I'm going to listen to you before I listen to God. The reason you should come go to another denomination is not because somebody told you to do it, but because it aligns with what Scripture teaches. And the thing is, is when you go, if you go to a church, certain church bodies that do not believe the Lord's Supper is the forgiveness of sins, you've lost that. You don't get to receive that anymore. You're just going to receive bread and wine. And you're going to remember what Jesus did, but you are not receiving Jesus himself. You are not receiving forgiveness in a hard, physical form. That's what the reformers, that's one of the many things that the Reformation was fighting over. And it is so precious and so beautiful that if we Lutherans realized what we had, we would be like Zechariah, shouting to the mountaintops of the love of Jesus. And we would be living in it, in humility, kindness, gentleness to others, knowing that we are broken, but we have received mercy and love and grace. And we'd be preaching it, teaching it, telling it, so that our community would know what it is to be loved. And more, they would know who loves them far better than any of us can. So till the day comes when the hole that is in the world tonight, there, there, till the day there is no hole, may we proclaim Receive our Lord in joy, in gladness. Because is there a better story? We were destined for hell on our works. But we have the kingdom of God. By the way, did anybody notice how well our hymns are tying into our VBS theme? I did not plan that. But... That's what the kids are going to talk about this week. The kingdom of God, which is theirs. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, 
keeping the one true faith and a life everlasting. Amen. Please stand to sing, Create in Me a Clean Heart.